Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we are back on the 415ers Odyssey Sports Podcast Network, 95.7 The Game, three times a week as always, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, big thank you to Dave Palais joining us from the Bolt City Podcast. And now we are back, your normal dynamic duo, Evan Giddings and Mark Grandy. Mark, what is going on? Not much, Evan. Good conversation you had with Dave. Thanks again for him uh, to him for coming on. A great conversation with, uh, you know, our Odyssey guys down in, in Los Angeles as we get ready for Niners Chargers. Exciting. I'm really excited for the Sunday night game. It's, it feels like it's been a, a long time since we've had Niner football because of that bye week and now Sunday night. Uh, and we're finally getting close. So I'm excited. Yeah. And, and Dave did a really good job of kind of briefing us and getting fans up to date on everything that's going on with the Chargers potential uh, tasks that the Niners will have in front of them this weekend. Of course, Sunday night, 520 kick. Five and three are the Los Angeles Chargers. Four and four are the San Francisco 49ers. And I kind of want to start, Mark, with where Dave and I ended. And that was obviously a prediction for the game, which we'll get to later on. We'll go into some of the injuries that both teams are trying to overcome at this point. But it begins with number 10, as well as number 10. Jimmy Garoppolo and Justin Herbert for both teams, two quarterbacks in kind of um, very different positions. One right now and Jimmy Garoppolo, who is on a team that is favored by seven points, despite being, I think we would both say the the lesser of the two quarterbacks. Uh, But Justin Herbert is kind of behind the eight ball and has been the last couple of weeks because of how many weapons he has had out for him. Uh, But I know Justin Herbert is a very near and dear to your heart quarterback, Mark, coming from the University of Oregon. So I'll give you the the first crack. What do you expect from the quarterback play here on Sunday? Uh, Well, not only an Oregon duck, but when I was up in Eugene, actually working for the student radio station up there, I saw him play high school football. Mm -hmm. So this is a guy that I've I've followed for a long time. He's a, a phenomenal quarterback. Pretty good. (laughs) Um, I also think what's interesting about him and and his season, excuse me, is we have kind of recently in the last few weeks when he hasn't quite been putting up some of the same numbers as he has in the past. We haven't seen quite as many 300 yard games, three touchdown games from Herbert, which has kind of been commonplace for his first two years. You kind of have seen the national conversation shift on him just a little bit. Like you you hear more and more now as every week passes, well, you know, how good can Justin Herbert be if his team struggles, they, they lose games that they shouldn't like, is it time to, to start reevaluating who Justin Herbert is? And those conversations are just absolutely insane. Justin Herbert is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the league. If you had to ask me, 
Pick any quarterback in the NFL to start a franchise around right now, not just for one season, but looking ahead to the future. So take age into account. Uh, Herbert's number three on my list. It's Patrick Mahomes and Josh oh. Allen, and then and then it's it's Justin Herbert. Like he is an elite quarterback, and this year he's had some injuries, as you mentioned. But also, we cannot forget this is a guy who probably suffered a rel- relatively serious rib injury way back in the early part of the season against the Chiefs on Thursday Night Football. Not only did he not miss a game after that, but but he toughed it out in that game. There was a play late in that game on third and long where his team needed to move the ball. He was rolling out to the right and kind of just turfed the ball because he was in so much pain in a huge moment where he needed to pick up yards. He clearly wasn't right. And you're thinking at that moment, oh, they got to get this guy out of there and maybe miss a week or two to get back fully healthy. No, he doesn't miss a game. Not only that, but he comes back on the very next play and throws a ball 30 yards down the field on a rope to move the chains on fourth and long and keep the Chargers' hopes alive. Now, of course, they lost that game, but still, I think Justin Herbert, it, we forget about that injury just because he he missed he didn't miss a game, just because he didn't even miss a snap. He is incredibly tough. He is maybe the most talented arm in the NFL. I mean, if not the top, he, one of one of the, the top guys there, Mahomes and Allen are also in that conversation. But I just have the utmost respect for Justin Herbert, what he's done as a young quarterback, with the team that has some talent around him, but has been relatively injured, leading a franchise, um, you know, a lot of people say is kind of cursed. And a lot of people hold this, this you know, lack of playoff experience for Herbert against him because he hasn't made it yet in his first two years. That's not on Justin Herbert. He, he's the best thing to happen to that franchise in a really, really long time. I have the utmost respect and belief in Justin Herbert as a quarterback. So all that said, Despite the fact that there are injuries, Keenan Allen's not going to play. Mike Williams not going to play. A number of other receivers aren't going to play. Justin Herbert still is talented enough to win this game almost alone. Him and Austin Eckler are enough because, you know, Justin Herbert is that good at quarterback. Well, you mentioned it. That is his leading receiver as of now is his running back, Austin Eckler, who has been uh, just about as sturdy as Herbert has been this year. He hasn't been you know, probably as banged up as visibly as we've seen Herbert, like you mentioned, but uh, 10 total touchdowns this year for Eckler, the majority of them coming in the last like five weeks after kind of a quiet start for him. So he is a bell cow in every sense of the term. And that is who the Niners are basically going to have to stop if they want to beat the Chargers. Now, fortunately, they don't have to worry about too many other options. And Dave kind of laid out some of the names, one being Josh Palmer, who two weeks ago was in concussion protocol, but played against Atlanta was their leading receiver along with tight end Gerald Everett. That's kind of the other guy. But, you know, you're, you're looking at names. Mark Mark likes Everett. He's on his fantasy team. Um, <laughs> but but if you're looking at the the Chargers, I mean, DeAndre Carter, a 29-year-old kind of journeyman. He went to Sacramento State. Uh, Stingers up. You're looking at a 25-year-old Michael Bandy, who is an undrafted free agent this season. Uh, Jalen Guyton would be the other third option on the outside, but he tore his ACL earlier in this season. Donald Parham, who's been the backup tight end, has has not really been uh, available due to injury. Trey McKitty, who's a fourth-round pick out of Georgia, has been kind of uh, in and out, not really used that often. So it's pretty much Eckler and Palmer. Those are the two guys you got to worry about on offense, hurting you on both the ground and through the air. So Herbert has uh, just about as tough of a task as front of him as any quarterback in the league. And, and it's an interesting point you bring up because 
Herbert, through his first two seasons, was pretty consistent. I don't think he's ever actually thrown for 400 yards, but he has thrown for 300 yards more times than any quarterback through his first two seasons than anyone in history. So he has been very consistent as far as the numbers he's put up. But this year, uh, you know, a 90.6 quarterback rating, he hasn't actually been sacked all that much. I believe he's one of the the lower uh, quarterbacks as far as sack percentage and sacks taken this season. But he has a theme or a, a you know kind of um, a flair for the dramatic, if you will, because each of the past four weeks, Mark, the Chargers have fallen behind. They basically have spotted opponents double-digit points. Uh, they're the only team to do that four straight weeks. Grant teams have fall behind 10-0 early on in games since the 1963 Broncos and the 1988 uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Those te- those, two- those two teams combined won seven games. So they're obviously not putting themselves in advantageous positions, but Herbert's the guy that has bailed them out. I'm starting to feel like that luck may run out this weekend against San Francisco coming off of a bye week. And, and that's kind of what I, I-, I want to dig into here and parse through. It's like, I'm just not sure where the Chargers have an advantage in this game. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why why Dave Palais earlier in this episode predicted that the Chargers would lose. And he said this is the first game he's wanted to choose against the Chargers. Hmm. 34 to 14 or 34 to 13, pardon me. Like, there's not a lot that is on the Chargers side statistically that would tell you that this is a team that's supposed to win this game, except for the number 10 in Justin Herbert wearing that lightning bolt on his, on his back. So like if they can find a way to limit Herbert uh, earlier this week on Steiny and Guru on 95.7, the game Dan Fouts came on and said something that is pretty much the only thing that Chargers fans, I feel like have hope for right now. And it's the fact that you need to defend every blade of grass on the field when Justin Herbert is under center. And to me, if you stop 10, you get the win. That's going to be the name of the game here on Sunday night. Oh, 100%. I I think where the Niners have the biggest advantage is probably in their ability to run the ball against this Chargers offense. I mean, or the Chargers defense, excuse me. This Chargers defense worst in the NFL at stopping the run. So the Niners probably going to have their way in that, you know, position of the game. If they struggle to run the ball, it's probably, you know, a sign that the Chargers are going to win the game. But the Niners need to run the ball really well. Um, and, and then to your point about the Chargers passing game and Justin Herbert's big arm and his ability to throw the ball, you know, to every blade of grass on the field, it's going to challenge the 49ers secondary. And we haven't mentioned it yet, but horrible news out of Santa Clara for the 49ers on Thursday. It's Jason Verrett who uh, reportedly and confirmed by the 49ers tore his Achilles tendon in practice on Wednesday, I believe. And he was probably going to play. It looked like he was going to play in this game. Probably not, you know, 90% of the snaps, but he was going to play at at least a handful of snaps on Sunday against the Chargers, the team that drafted him out of TCU. So one, you know, you, you just think about the football side of things. It's it's bad for the 49ers because it really hurts their depth. He was the guy that they were counting on in the second half of the season to potentially be their, you know, number two corner starting alongside, you know, Mooney Ward. Um, now they don't have that guy. Uh, that's obviously tough in a really terrible break for the 49ers, not only in this game, uh, but for the rest of the season. Uh, but then you look at the human side of it, too. And I mean, Jason Verrett's been through so much already in his career. Now he has another season ending surgery to go through. And the question you ask yourself at this point is, 
is this where he calls it a career? Because at a certain point with all these Achilles and all these ACLs and all these surgeries on his knees and his ankles and his lower legs, I mean, at some point you just got to call it quits. I, I don't know if he's at that point yet, and I'm sure he will, you know, let everyone know when he's ready, but it's a terrible break for Jason Barrett. We, you know, all of our thoughts are with him and, and his family going through an, another incredibly tough injury. But just from a football perspective, it's a brutal game and a brutal business. Uh, from a football perspective, it hurts the 49ers. And uh, it probably, you know, maybe gives the Chargers a chance to to beat Diamador Lenore or uh, Samuel Womack on a couple of routes down the field. You never know. So it could be a costly injury for the 49ers in the future, obviously, but, but even in this game Sunday night. Yeah, and obviously you feel terrible for him. He's a 707 guy. I mean, he's from yeah. Fairfield. Uh, as you mentioned before the episode we were talking, went to, was it Santa Rosa? Santa Junior Rosa College Junior College. Yeah. Before going to TCU. And just to put it in perspective, I know you mentioned the Achilles, the ACL. That's two Achilles tears, two ACL tears. And even going back to his senior season at TCU, he has had eight of his last 10 seasons playing football finish with injury. I mean, he tore his labor in his senior year of college. That's the only reason he fell to the late first round uh, before the Chargers grabbed him, hoping that he could kind of bounce back and not fall into that injury-prone uh, story arc that's unfortunately followed his entire career. So it, it just feel terrible for him. And then from a football perspective, look, I, I was willing to say that him being back on the field was going to be almost as impactful as Eric Armstead returning for yeah. the 49ers. Because that's what he, we talked about last last episode. Because when he does play, he is incredible. And it just unfortunately he hasn't been on the field. And now it's looking like he's probably never going to take the field again. Um, you know, should, should he so choose to hang him up? It, it's it's just hard because Lenore is now going to be the, the second guy. You're going to have, you know, Jimmy Ward, Womack playing in the slot. Who knows what they're going to do? This week is maybe also kind of a, a good test for that secondary because you don't have to focus on as many weapons as the Chargers would normally have with, of course, you mentioned Keenan Allen being out, Mike Williams being out. So maybe this is, it, it, it's interesting. Like, so last week we talked about how the Rams game might've been a great introduction for Christian McCaffrey, not having to shear the football with many other offensive weapons with the absence of Debo Samuel, Kyle Juszczyk, some other guys on offense. This week might be a good introduction for what you were expecting to get back from the defense and now how you're going to have to play the rest of the year, because there's you know possibility to get Dre Greenlaw back at linebacker, but you're going to have to be focused on, all right, how are we going to use our secondary against teams that both have weapons and then this week do not? So you can put Mooney Ward on uh, maybe Everett, maybe uh, Carter, maybe Josh Palmer, but you're going to see now what that second corner is going to do because while you were expecting Lenore maybe to slide back into the slot, now he's going to be out there the rest of the season, most most likely, uh, unless you know some other corner demonstrates that that they deserve to be in over him. It's it's a tough loss for the 49ers, but one that I mean, I know you didn't have them up until this point, so it's maybe not as as big as we're making it out to be. Uh, but Mark, that 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 definitely hurts, and especially when the Niners they're coming off a game against the Rams, and Kyle Shanahan is joking about how he doesn't have to go down his injury report yeah. and list off guys about who's hurt and who's not, and then you have another season-ending injury during the week. Um, it it just shows that maybe the 49ers might not be done with guys getting banged up. 
Well, yeah, I mean, literally the, the first words out of Kyle Shanahan's mouth when he addressed the media uh, for the first time in a while back on uh, Wednesday uh, is, you know, he always opens it with injuries. And he mentioned, you know, Eric Armstead, he mentioned Samson Ebukam, he mentioned Dre Greenlaw, and then he said, quarterback Jason Verrett, knee limited. That's all I got today. So so not much from him. And then there was a follow-up a little bit later about Jason Verrett and Shanahan said, I thought he was really close to playing last week. Uh, we considered him also, you know, two weeks ago. I know he was here for, you know, a lot of that time. Well, they were away on that road trip. He did some stuff on his own. So I expect him to be further along this week. And then he said, I'll see him out there in about an hour at practice. But hopefully he's closer and, you know, potentially ready to go. And of course, on Wednesday, that was the, the day that he tore his Achilles. The first day of practice this week. Uh, and you know, just, just terrible for him, uh, and for the 49ers. So again, we're, we're thinking of Jason Verrett, who's been through this so many times. He's openly admitted in the past during his rehabs, you know, it, it's taken him to a really dark place. I can't even imagine what rehabbing from one major injury like that is like. So now having to do it another time, um, a long road ahead for Jason Verrett. And, and we're certainly thinking of him as he uh, ventures down that road. Uh, once again, just a, a tough one to swallow. Yeah, and you hope that it doesn't, that sort of, um, you know, air in the building, which of, of course is one of like a yeah. solemn tone. Uh, Nick Wagner of ESPN just tweeted out, you know, a quote from George Kittle basically saying it, you know, there was an awkward silence, you know, one that was very, very sad. These were guys that were hoping to have him back. So you hope that before, obviously, a big game against the Chargers, that doesn't sort of linger around in the locker room because even though the Chargers are, are also banged up and maybe a team that, that should be, you know, seven-point underdogs on the road, uh, this is still a Chargers team that has come from behind in three of the last four weeks. So they can absolutely sneak up on you if you leave them around, if you let them hang around in a game. And 